Howdy, welcome back to Leave the Swamp, the Secession Podcast. I appreciate you joining me uh, in this episode, and I know it's been a while. Sorry about that, a lot going on. Uh, we're looking to get this thing on a more regular basis uh, here in the coming months. There's a lot going down, a lot to talk about, and I'm starting to notice a lot more uh, discussion and reference to uh, national divorce and it, it being becoming a possibility. Now, I don't know if that's just me reading a lot and listening to podcasts a lot around my own echo chamber. Uh, that could be the case, but uh, you do see, you know, in the news when you're when you're looking, a lot of this talk about the divided states of America and how, you know, how you know, certain regions are so you know different and whatnot, and, it, it, and have different beliefs and what and all these type of things, and it's, <clears throat> I do think there is an undercurrent of that actually coming out and uh, becoming a bigger thing, uh, more and more. Uh, you know, you'll see, we've seen it a lot recently with a couple, I guess, things that happen uh, on the national level, the federal level, uh, with the Supreme Court decisions that came down uh, earlier this summer. Uh, I haven't talked about those, you know, I think everybody and their and their aunt and uncle have talked about that, but I, I'll talk about it in, in, in the context of what we talk about here at at leave the swamp and you know the whole idea here is to talk about why we're at a point in time now where this country the united states uh, as a whole has gotten way too big for its britches in the sense that you know there one governing body cannot effectively um, govern you know, 330 million people in this country with one-size-fits-all solutions coming down from Mordor, D.C. You know, it's just one-size solutions being imposed upon a country made up of so many different cultures, beliefs, and whatnot is just a recipe for internal conflict. It's a recipe for all these this hatred and uh, bile being slung, slung back and forth between, you know, the f- far left nutcases, uh, you know, and in a, and the, you know, the, the so-called conservative right and everything, you know, it's just absolutely insane that really neither side, I think, kind of realizes what the problem is. And that is a one size fits all solutions being handed down from the center in this country. Uh, Secession, uh, you know, a peaceful and friendly separation between regions or areas and letting them go off on their own or them going off on their own to govern themselves. Uh, You know, a group, uh, more consolidated groupings of like-minded folks, uh, you know, is actually the solution to a lot of these problems that you know the, the these uh, these factions you know cling on to and then lose their mind over. I mean, this whole abortion thing, perfect example. Most people, I'll just start off by saying, most people don't understand what the heck was even even happened there in the first place. Uh, people tend to believe that 
the Supreme Court has legislative authority in the, in the sense that whatever it says or whatever it rules on a case becomes law, basically, uh, which is completely wrong. But if you look at it from the reaction that these insane people on the far left, how they're reacting to the Supreme Supreme Court now coming in and overturning one of the rulings they that they had, so this Roe versus Wade ruling they had, you know, 40, 40 odd years ago. Uh, essentially, they're looking at it as if the Supreme Court has made abortions illegal because they overturned this this uh, uh, ruling. When in reality, that's not what they did. What they did is they overturned a massive overstep by a previous court, uh, basically paving the way to to preventing states from deciding whether or not abortions are legal, or not just uh, legal or illegal, but you know, in different scenarios and things of that nature. Where you know, if you're to take a step back and actually look at and read the Constitution, the federal Constitution, one would clearly see that it does not grant the federal government any powers to say anything about a question such as abortion. That among that and probably ninety nine percent of everything else the federal government does was left to the states to decide on how to handle that stuff. You know, as we've mentioned here before, the federal government has very limited powers per the Constitution. You know, the powers of common defense, essentially that, and creating a uh, free trade zone between the states and ensuring that that continues. Uh, more or less, that's all the federal Constitution grants the federal government uh, the powers to do. Everything else was left to the states. You know, the states that ratified the federal constitution never would have done so had that not been the case, had they not believed and understood that that was the case, that they were only granting certain very limited powers to this general government, this federal government, and everything else was left to them. Now, over time, of course, that has obviously been totally whittled away in the the states have been totally neutered to where they basically don't need to exist under the current system. They're just kind of administrative regions under the federal government. But that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's for us to realize we need to take back the power that is truly ours within the state and show the federal government how much of a paper tiger how much the emperor in Mordor has no clothes. They have no power. If a state says, no, we're not going to allow or we're not going to enforce that federal law here, there's nothing the federal government can really do about it. If the state were to say, no, we're not going to allow you to enforce that federal law here, and if you do, you will be arrested by our state you know, uh, policing forces, there's nothing much they could do about it. You know, the if the federal government wanted to make a deal about it, as it same as they did, and I guess you could say, well, I I would, I would argue it would be a little different, but I was always going to say same as they did in 1861, but in that case, really the existing uh, kind of iteration of the federal government 
now was essentially the conquering country. Because at the time, the states that seceded formed their own government, their own country. And what happened and what Lincoln did was he invaded a sovereign country and conquered it. And then brought that, those territories back under the fold of the current iteration of the, you know, the federal government. And I would argue that, <clears throat> you know, that, that war basically killed the original Constitution, the original intent of the Constitution, the limited powers intent, the limited delegated powers by the states, and, and instituted an, an, an empire, an imperial federal, constitu- imperial federal government, which, if you look at it, that's exactly what we have now, and that's exactly what happened over time. It just grew and grew and grew. It's taken over more and more and more. It dominates more and more and more. And if you don't go along with it, you know, that, that's, that's a problem. Um, uh, you know, we're at a point now where uh, our choice is, do we, want to, uh, do we want to control, you know, our future? Do we, do we want, or do we want to be continue to be controlled and pushed around by, call it, you know, it, it, there's, it's a lot more. It's several million people, you know, working out of or under the federal government in D.C. But, I mean, you could argue that it's, what, 500 and, 545 people, really, I guess, uh, who who are like the, the the face of the power in Washington D.C. Was that the Congress, the Supreme Court, and the President? Uh, do we want those people to tell all of us three hundred thirty million people how we should all live the same? You know, or would it be okay? And think about I don't know where you're coming from. I mean, I, probably if you're listening to this one, you're very sympathetic to what I'm saying. I'm not sure how many. Uh, people that totally disagree with me on the left-right political spectrum uh, are actually listening. But let's say some leftist out there who believes, who's a socialist. You know, their beliefs, they may not think they're a socialist, but their beliefs uh, indicate that, yes, they believe they are socialists. You know, leftist, far-left loon, California type. If that's you, you know, I mean, force bless you. Uh, I hope you come around to a more freedom oriented view viewpoint uh, but let's say that's you uh, you should be as big of a believer in an advocate of secession as I am as a freedom loving live and let live leave me alone type person you as a I believe the government should do everything for everybody under the sun and it's the greatest uh, collective organization ever created by mankind you should believe in that too, because this whole tool of secession would mean you and all of your comrades would be able to come together, say in California, or a piece of California, or a California, Oregon, and Washington, or in New York City, or whatever, and say, look, we don't want to be pushed around by folks in Alabama, or those nutcases in Florida, or Texas, you know, who... You know, they think they can do whatever they want and they think they can, you know, place, put laws in, into effect that out, out, pretty much outlaw abortion or whatever. You know, if that's you, 
then get with your like-minded folks and make all that make all the abortion stuff legal uh, you know uh, institute uh, universal health care within your area but do it all after you know secede and go off on your own that way you don't have to be influenced by folks in these uh, deplorable red states so I mean the, the argument for it is is it goes both ways you know it's it's a uh, when 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 a relationship becomes so unreconcilable and so unbearable, well then you just gotta you gotta you gotta divide it, you gotta separate it. You gotta separate, you gotta divide things up and you gotta go on your own way. You know? I think this the this whole abortion rover suede thing not only shows the ignorant the ignorance of most people. I mean just read these articles. I mean the people writing the article are completely ignorant. The people that are losing their minds about this thing are totally ignorant about you know, freedom, what freedom means, uh, and what federalism, the separation of powers and government means. That uh, you know they just they just can't see past their nose. But it, I think it does show and does illustrate quite clearly uh, one of the major reasons why a national divorce is should be in the cards and should be advocated for, should be supported by everyone out there, no matter what your political bent is. You know, I understand if you're a far leftist nutcase living in a deep red state, well, you know, nothing is stopping you from moving. Nothing's stopping you from moving to a deep blue area. And, and you know, go for it. Go right along with it. I mean, get, get, go... You can find a place just as beautiful. I'm sure you could, you know, you, yes, you might have to find a new, you have to uproot maybe your family and find a new job or whatever else. But that's the uh, thing you got to weigh, right? It's the trade-off is living in an area like that, that, you know, uh, would you rather, if, if it's more important to you to live under a very powerful and controlling government, then go there and do it. However, if it's more important to you to live in wherever it is you are, like the location's more important, and you're going to just hold your nose, uh, living under a place where government doesn't maybe have as much power over your life, well then, you know, that's the choice. you got to make a choice. You got Everyone has to take personal responsibility for where they are, where they're, for their station in life. You know, that's kind of a problem... That our culture and our society here has a, a path we've gone down that is not a very good one. And that's everyone blames everyone else for their problems. They never look in the mirror to see, hey, I'm here and I, this is occurring because of where I chose to be and decisions I chose on my own. You know, uh, I'm just getting sick and tired of this victim mentality where everyone's saying, oh, you know, because I'm born a certain way, I'm automatically, you know, disadvantaged or, you know, I have a, a, a larger wall to climb to get somewhere. All that's bullshit. Sick and tired of hearing that. You know, it, 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 the people that continue to push that are, are one of two bents. Either they actually believe it and they're an idiot or they're evil. And they're just pushing it because it gives them power over you. you know, it's one of the two. It's literally one of the two. They're either an ignorant, they're either ignorant or an idiot, or 
they know better, but they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and and to have power over you. You got to wake up and realize that. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is, you know, what we can't keep going through through life thinking that, oh, you know, maybe if I just vote for the right person for president, things will get better. You know, we got to realize the whole system is broken. D.C., the federal system is completely and utterly broken. And there's only one way to possibly have any any influence on improving things, and that is by focusing more on your local your local situation. Now, whether that's your state, you know, maybe your state's small enough to where that you can make a difference. Or maybe like in my situation where I'm in Texas, maybe the state's too big. Maybe it's more of a regional, a county type thing. Uh, maybe maybe the state isn't too far gone. Maybe it just needs these ideas to be put out there a lot more. And maybe more people will come around. I don't know. You know, it's just it, it's it's going to be interesting to see when what ends up happening. And then you throw into this mess the possibility of some kind of major economic upheavals coming uh, because the federal government has basically, uh, you know, got us all us and all these states and in the people under these states in a situation where, you know, our currency is going to be destroyed because of all the debt that has been accumulated. Uh, at the federal level, I mean, don't get me wrong, states and locals levels are horrendous, but state and locals do not uh, control or create the mon- the currency, the mon- the money that we use in everyday life. It's the federal government, and we've gotten to a point where the debt will never be repaid and must be inflated away. And what does that mean? That means that the dollars that we save in will be completely destroyed. You know, at 9% price inflation rate, which was which is what was just uh, announced, you know, that, that means that the dollar that's in your pocket, let's see, that means that the dollar that's in your pocket will lose half of its purchasing power in eight years. So you earn you earn a dollar right now and you put it away and that dollar can buy you know let's say it, it buys an apple well in 8 years that same dollar will only be able to buy half that apple okay that means that same dollar that you're going to going to buy a a tank of gas for will buy half a tank of half a tank of gas in 8 years and that's that's at the current price inflation rate right now, meaning the current official, I should say, price inflation rate, the current official rate at which your dollar, the purchasing power of your dollar, depreciates. Okay, that is a massive travesty. And just add that on top of the fact that our monetary system is such that, you know, we toil every day, kind of on a hamster wheel, to earn these digital paper uh, currency units because we have to live. We have to use them to pay and buy things to live. Yet, we have these unelected bureaucrats in Mordor, D.C. that are able to go on a computer and click a little couple, couple little clicks and basically they could easily create your salary in like 
half a second. No effort whatsoever, but you're toiling your whole year away on that treadmill in order to get that salary. And remember, I've talked about this in a previous uh, podcast episode. You got to think about it this way. You know, what is, what is the most important asset, you know, resource that you have? In my opinion, I would argue that it is your time. Because that time is something you'll never get back. And if you're trading that time for something that can be just created out of thin air by a government bureaucrat, what are you really doing? You know, you could argue, well, but it pays for me to live and everything. Yes, but remember, if you're prudent and you're not spending everything, you're saving a little bit, that dollar that you're saving will, the half of the what it can buy will be stolen in eight, within in eight years simply by this pro, this immoral process of the government creating those currency units that you work and you blo- your blood, sweat, and tears uh, are shed to earn every day. They can just they just create it from thin air. That's the system we live under right now. They're stealing your life. They're stealing your your most precious resource, your 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 life, your time. Because they can just create what you earn by your life and your time, out of nothing. And when they do that, it acts to further steal your life and time. Because again. In eight years, if half that purchasing power of that dollar is stolen, that means half of the time that you spent to earn that dollar, half of your life is taken away in eight years. That's an utter travesty. So where am I going with this? Well, that's the current system we live under, live under and it's not going to change under, the, under Mordor. Okay. The only way we would be able to start anew and create an actual moral, ethical, legitimate uh, monetary system that if we actually on that treadmill and we're, we're trading our time for, some, for something of value, of true value, the only way we, we can do that is it's not in this monetary system. It would be under a separate system where I would argue that we'd want to let the market decide what that monetary system would be. I think I have an idea of where it would go. I've talked about it before, and I'll just say it here. I believe it would be some sort of gold-back digital currency unit. But the, the backing of something physical like that is what's key that keeps that stores that value, that time that you use. Because that's what would, would prevent this price inflation from stealing half of that purchasing power over time. And in fact, without getting into too much detail now, it would actually increase the purchasing power of that, of that thing you're saving in because it can't be debased like the current dollar is being debased, debased. That's what we need to go to, but that would only ever happen if a, a, a one of these political units, and I hope that it's my home state of Texas or at least a part of it that I live in, decides to leave. 
and go on its own and say, we're done, we want, we're going to use our own currency because we're tired of being stolen from by, by the corrupt bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. We're going to control our future. Controlling, having something like that that you can save in and not be stolen from is probably the ultimate in personal you know, freedom and control over your own future. I think I'm, ta- I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, addressing or touching on a lot of big concepts here that hopefully I'll remember to get into deeper going forward, especially this monetary concept <clears throat> and how having you know a sound monetary system is the most moral thing that we can have because it basically links goes back to is linked to the whole idea that time is our most precious resource that we can't get back uh, I'll get into that again more and more the more we go on but just going back to talking about you know some of the things that that have happened you know it's it's almost like the Supreme Court has woken up but you know, especially and also with this other thing about limiting the power of the the unconstitutional and illegal environmental protection agency and the things that it can supposedly do or not do and um, regulate and whatnot, it's pulling the pulling back on some of these things. But the problem here with all this is is we can't rely on something like the Supreme Court to to. Uh, repeal things we don't that are illegal and unconstitutional just as we couldn't put all of our eggs in one basket with say supporting uh, a governor here hoping that oh hope against hope that he would open the state after the the covid scandemic and actually let us get back to to normal you know because what happens if you have a a governor comes in after that that's the total opposite and worse when you put all your eggs in the, in the basket of one man, and now, oh, this in one office, and that office now reverses everything. Now, what are you, what are you doing? What, you're up Shit's Creek, right? That's why the people have to come in and say, no more. We're done. We're taking back control. We're going to go back to a system where our voice actually matters and is heard. I'm not one of 330 million people, you know, where it doesn't matter what I say or... Even if I place, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, uh, I vote for something, my vote doesn't matter in that scenario. Although it would matter ten times over ten times more if I was one of thirty million, say in the state of Texas, or even smaller. What if I was one of ten million, five million? Imagine how much more my voice and my vote uh, matters in that scenario. All these small states. My God, there's the people in those states are in such a much better position to take back control of their lives. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, look at these states that might have less than a million people. I mean, I think it exists. Let's look at the let me look, like Wyoming as an example. Let me uh, I'm gonna pull up here. You know, state populations, and uh, we'll take a look at this real quick. Let's see, ranked. So let's look at the yeah, lowest populations. I mean, these states right here, there is no reason why these people can't come together, take back what's theirs much easily. They have a little amount of people 
can get together and do it there and make a big difference. Wyoming, like I mentioned, it's the smallest state. 580,000 people. 580,000 people. If I'm talking about, remember I said, will you be one of the 300? That's part of the th- part of the shtick of uh, leave the swamp. What what is that? What is what is the three hundred? Well, that's three hundred thousand people. One percent of the population of the state of Texas. I believe three hundred thousand people can make this thing a reality. Here, if we had three hundred thousand dedicated folks to the cause, to the leave cause. That's three hundred thousand people. Wyoming has a population of 580,000 people, okay? That means, call it 6,000 people. If 1%, I believe, can do it in Texas, then 6,000 people in Wyoming could do it there. 6,000 people. That's not that many people. Not that many people at all. I mean, why not? And how about a liberal leftist state like Vermont? You guys, you can do it with 6,000 people too. Why don't, Vermont, go off. Go off on your own and do your, your, your you know, leftist utopia there and show us all how effective it would be. Go off and do it. There's not, I mean, you don't need many people to get the movement going. I don't see any reason why. You wouldn't want, we, you, you, folks there would not want to do that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. So, I mean, think about it in those terms. You know, it's, 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 the opportunity is there. The opportunity is definitely there. You know, and if it, you know, i tell you what, it'll be, this will be an interesting experiment. Because, who knows, maybe, maybe it will mean that uh, the old uh, Mao family might have to move to Wyoming. You know, and make a uh, make a push there. Maybe make the uh, you folks up in Wyoming show us how it's done on a smaller scale. You know, I don't really have any desire to. I want to stay in Texas. Uh, you know, I I love this state. I love everything about it. It's my home. But we have thirty million people here. It's gonna be an interesting way. You know, you're not gonna convince. We're not gonna convince Austin and Dallas and Houston to break away because that would cut off their last remaining leftist vestiges to, you know, something like D.C. Uh, it's going to be the red counties coming together to do it. Maybe that means we kick out those those counties. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, uh, you know, the, you know it, it, it'll, it, it'll be fun to see kind of what happens. Uh, the more further along we go, because it, it'll only get more divided over time. There's there's no way around it. More and more divided. So the seeds have been planted. They're germinating now. I don't know if they've even broken the surface of the soil, but that seed has uh, broken maybe its shell, and it's trying to figure out how to reach the reach the surface. That's where we are now in this whole secession and. Uh, separation uh, talk within the zeitgeist, if you will, of the United States uh, population. But we'll get there, and all, all we need is for you to keep talking about it to other people. 
you know, talk talk to other people about secession and the idea of breaking away and you know because people have to have that kind of planted in their mind and let it germinate even there over time until until they're no longer thinking that's absolutely insane to where now it's you know what I don't I can see where that might be able to work that's where we need to be that's where we need to keep talking about all this so the more and more of this uh, cultural vandalism wokeness comes around that drives you nuts the more and more these political decisions go down and you look on TV and watch all these insane people, uh, mentally deranged people protesting about these things, trying to burn down things and whatever else. You know, you got to just... What does that mean? That means there's too much talk, too many... uh, Too much... Too much one-size-fits-all policies, basically. That's what it comes down to. And that means we got to separate to let the the other folks go on their own and let us go on our own and kind of live uh, live and let live so that's kind of what I wanted to, to run across talk about in this one again uh, I'd love to hear from you if you agree or disagree uh, you can go to the website and contact, contact us that way you can shoot an email mal at leave the swamp.com I'd love to hear from you um, but yeah just Keep it at the tip of your tongue and keep talking to people whenever you see an in, uh, someone complaining about some edict or something coming down left or right. Say, well, you know, the solution to that is just a peaceful national divorce, peaceful separation, peaceful and friendly separation. You know, if you don't want these people telling you what to do, well, go on your own way. You know, just keep talking about it. That's the way to go about it. Uh, But with that, I will leave you with those parting words of that thought, and I will talk to you on the next one. Thank you very much. Take care.